Welcome to the Parsha Perspective. Each week, we will delve deep in a weekly Torah portion to find a practical and insightful way to enhance your daily life. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Rabbi Shalom Yemini, and each week we'll look into the weekly Torah portion to find practical and insightful ways to enhance your daily life. This week's Parsha Perspectives in honor of the immediate and speedy recovery of Daniel Aaron Moshe Ben Rus. May he and all those who need a refuah shalema experience that and much more swiftly. This week's Parsha Perspectives in the loving memory of Leah Mincha Basak of Yosef, Edward Ben Ephraim, Shlomo Ben Edward, and Yochmir Daniel Ben Gedalia. May the souls be uplifted and may the memories be a blessing. This week's Torah portion is Parsha's Kisisa, Wash It Away. Our Parsha begins with God asking Moshe to take a census of the Jewish people by collecting a half-silver coin, a machzitz shekel, from each person. After being counted, the accumulated coins were melted down into the sockets that held up the walls of the Mishkan. Moshe then was given a few laws dealing with the everyday service of the Mishkan. Before the beginning of each workday, all Kohanim had to wash their hands and feet by the kior, a large copper water basin. Aaron, his children, and every vessel in the Mishkan had to be consecrated with a special anointing oil. This anointing oil was then used in future generations to anoint all kings and Kohanim Gedolim high priests. God then appoints Betzalel, an artist from the tribe of Yehuda, to spearhead and lead the building of the Mishkan and the assembly of its vessels. He is given an assistant, Aliyah, from the tribe of Dun, to help him coordinate and manage the construction. The Parsha then details the story of the Igalazav, the sin of the golden calf. Last week's Parsha concludes with God calling Moshe Rabbeinu up the mountain of Parsinai to study Torah for 40 days and 40 nights. But some people intentionally miscalculated the date and thought that Moshe Rabbeinu had died on the mountain. They convinced many others that Moshe Rabbeinu had passed on and it was time for a new leader. They turned to his brother Aaron Akoyan and they told him to create a golden calf so they can worship it. Having no other choice, Aaron collected the gold and threw it into a large fire. As the Jewish people began dancing around the fire, a golden calf emerged from the flames. Moshe headed down the mountain and saw with his own eyes the Jewish people breaking the second commandment and took the luchas, took the tablet that God himself wrote and smashed it, throwing it to the ground. Moshe then burnt the golden calf and ground it into a fine powder. He went to the tribe of Levi and said, Join me in defending the oneness of God and his Torah. The entire tribe of Levi joined him and they punished all those who sinned for the golden calf. After they finished punishing those that sinned, Moshe turned to God and begged him for mercy. He asked God to remember the bris, the covenant that he made with Avraham, with Yitzchak and with Yaakov. He told God that he was to destroy the Jewish people. God should erase his name, Moshe Rabbeinu's name, from the entire Torah. God forgave the Jewish nation and revealed Moshe the 13 attributes of mercy, the Yud Gimel Midas Harachimim, that we say daily. However, a question comes to mind. As I just mentioned, every Kohen had to wash their hands and their feet by the Kior before beginning their service each and every day. The Pasuk writes, V'rachatsu Aaron Ubanov, Mimenu, and Aaron and his son shall wash from it, Esedehem ve'esraglehem, they shall wash their hands and their feet. The Torah, which is usually very clear and concise with its wording, adds here V'es, V'esraglehem, and their feet. Why does the Torah seemingly add an unnecessary word by the washing of the Kior? Rashi, Rav Shlomo Yitzchaki, the leading Torah commentary, gives a simple answer. He writes that the word V'es is a connective word, 
meaning it binds the two words together. Rashi answers that the word of S teaches us that the hands and feet had to be washed together simultaneously. Unlike today, we wash our hands individually, a coin would place their hands on their feet and clean them simultaneously. The water faucets of the kior were located near the bottom to facilitate this cleaning and scrubbing process easily. However, the Rabbeinu Bechayir of Bachi bin Usher, a famous Spanish commentary, gives a deeper and more profound explanation. He writes that he agrees with Rashi that both the hands and the feet had to be washed together because of the word ves. But he provides two reasons, one simple and the other Kabbalistic. He quotes the Talmud Yerushalmi in Shkalim that describes how a king's servant must wash their hands before attending their king. And this washing was done whether or not the servant's hands were dirty, for it was done out of reverence, out of honor for the king. The Rabbeinu Bechai explains that Kayanim would wash their hands and feet even if they weren't dirty out of respect for entering God's home. But the Kabbalistic approach, writes the Rabbeinu Bechai, was that the washing was done to elevate the ten sfirot, the ten levels of the way God relates to this world. The Rabbeinu Bechai explains that cleaning of the ten fingers and ten toes represent the uplifting of these ten sfirot. And hence the Torah adds the word vs to ensure that they were washed together and simultaneously. The Rabbeinu Bechai explains that although a Kohen had to immerse in a mikvah before working in God's home, their hands and their feet needed to be rewashed since their hands and their feet were the two extremities that enacted with the world the most. Our hands through touch and our feet on the ground, our hands and feet are so capable and they can accomplish so much good, but also the opposite, heaven forbid. And therefore God instructed Moshe Rabbeinu to teach the Kohanim that they must wash their hands and their feet again and wash them together to remove all impurities and enable their holy work to be done in the most pure manner. This lesson is ever so prevalent as we learn about the sin of the Eglazov, the sin of the golden calf, and as we come from the joyous and happy holiday of Purim. In both situations, in both instances, extremities were used for the opposite purpose they were created. But thankfully, led by Mordechai, the Jewish people had an opportunity to transform, do tshuva, and return to God in the Purim story. But today, we still need to repent. We still need to do tshuva. We still need to find the physical unity we once had with God by Harsinai Bow at the mountain and proclaim His oneness and His unity to the entire world. There is a powerful essay by Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs on sin. Technically, humans have excelled. But morally, they have failed and continue to fail. Freedom is a double-edged sword. The freedom to do good is inseparable from the freedom to do harm and commit sin. And the challenge we face as humanity is using just one edge of this powerful sword. Have a great weekend and good Shabbos. Thank you for tuning in to The Parsha Perspective. Check out our website, theparshaperspective.com. Send thoughts and comments to theparshaperspective at gmail.com. Till next time, thanks for listening.